When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Financial bosses, God put those here to test our faith. That damn lie, I, I saw him on my own eye. Did I that you just drop sharply while I was away? We did illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane. This is mass madness, you maniac. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. Hey everybody, welcome back. Thanks for being here with me on another episode of The Deep Share. I have a great talk to share with you folks. My guest tonight is researcher, author, and documentary filmmaker Clint Richardson. His book, Straw Man, The Real Story of Your Artificial Person, is the main reason I wanted to speak to Clint for so long. The implications are biblical, to say the least. But his newest film venture, Wagging the Dog, the story behind the story of COVID-19, is obviously the more pressing concern, especially considering the fact that a lot of the 10-hour-long documentary is information coming directly out of the mouths of the doctors, the virologists, the health professionals that we blindly trust all the time. Judge for yourself, my friends. Live in truth. So, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, it's a crazy world right now. That's for sure, man. That's for sure. I knew that I've, I've been kind of ranting and raving about a lot of the stuff that you write, and it never comes out well. And I, I knew I had to have you on so I could at least share this information with people I know and, and my audience, because there's so much of this that envelops our whole lives. It's hard to have a conversation about this with anybody just right off the cuff. Well, I mean, you're essentially telling people they're in, in you know, like the matrix, but you can't really show it to them, right? You can't, you can't show someone a person. You can't, you can't show somebody that everything has a corporate title and that you're, you know, everywhere you go is essentially a legal version or simulation of the real. You can't show people it. It doesn't exist in reality. It, and yet we're so entrained in accepting that everything is, that is artificial is actually the real version, that the symbol is the real. You know, we've lost touch with what the symbol means, and we now believe in the symbol without any recognition of the real. And that's where we're at in most everything we do. Everything we do 
is a simulated version or a commercial version, if you will, legal version of what is uh, what would otherwise be real. How do you tell people that? How do you explain to people that there's this invisible man that you're pretending to be? You know, you, you just you can't. You have to <laughs> you have to delve into and understand the legal realm, the this this imaginary place that we've all been born into yeah so how do you how do you put that into words you know i don't know and uh and that's definitely what i wanted to dig deep into uh first with you and then later kind of uh if we have time to get into the gain of function stuff and uh a lot of i mean i listened to an episode of um freeman that you did years ago back in like seven 2017 and you guys were talking about bad viruses and bad things happening in the future and stuff like that. And I forgot that it was 2017 that that episode took place for a minute. And then I had to be pulled out of it. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, this is, as always, playing out as we always expected to. Well, like I said, it's it's something that, you know, you, you're, you can't taste it, you can't touch it, you can't feel it. So, again, it's very hard to accept that this is what has happened to us. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can really, you know, the only way you can really talk about it is to sort of clear your mind, let yourself, you know, put yourself into a situation that, yeah, if I think about it, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what I do. I go and I use this identity, right? And I show my driver's license or I use my social security. Well, on the back of your social security card, it says, hey, uh, this card doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the federal government. Right. It's not your number. Just like your name, it's not actually your name. Your, your, Your property is not your property it is registered in what's called a legal person, right? Now, if you think about it, a person is not a man and a man is not a person. The plural of person is persons. The plural of, of, of uh, men is people or, you know, men, men. You know, when you're talking about a group of men, you're talking about a people. When you talk about a group of persons, you see the difference, yeah. right? It's because they're not real. They're they're fictional a fictional thing. Whereas a people is like a family or a group of real things. So you're constantly trying to see the difference between what is real and what is artificial. And those two things are so blended now that you can't tell the difference between what is a legal thing and what is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Everything has a name. Okay, what is a name? A name is a noun, a person, place, or thing. Wow, so hmm. if everything has been named, then that means everything is property because a name is represents something that has a property. That's right. what a noun is. So that's why they were added to the the English language, the, the name, for instance, you're legally, you have two names. You have your Christian name, which is your first name. And then you have your, uh, and this is not, you know, this is legal, not, not religious. The Christian name is a very 
legal term and it has a very distinct meaning that's very important because if you're only going if i'm only going by clint my given name god-given name if you will then i i i'm not saying that i'm part of any other thing i am just myself the second i add what's called a surname uh i've just taken a last name well in legal what is last is first in other words the last thing that i call myself becomes the first that's why they put your name as richardson clint right it's very important to acknowledge that once you attach your christian or your free name to something that is legal or artificial family name well then you've just incorporated your name you've just you've just said that richardson is higher that the, the state or the incorporation the fiction is higher than the christian name right and by christ the the you know everybody gets freaked out whenever you start talking about the bible but you got to realize the bible is common law bible is listed in several states as common law um and isn't it copywritten by like the it British. is copyrighted. The well, King James Bible is copyright, copyrighted by the Crown, with of course good reason. Mm-hmm. Crown is actually the Crown Corporation, and that's because it's the common law of England. So naturally, as a you know, what, what was what were we before we were the United States? What were we? We were the Crown Corporation, right? The Virginia Company and all of those different East India Company and all that. Well. You know, of course, you know, to, to, a, to someone who came over to America, their God was still the king of England, the vicar, of, the vicar of God, the replacement of God on earth is the Pope or the king. So all of our rights are, are God-given. So if you were an American, suddenly you still claimed all your rights as an Englishman under the, under the vicar of, of God, basically, which is the crown. So most of us don't realize that's happening <laughs> still, but you got to understand that the Bible as common law was transferred over to the English system, the American system, excuse me. And it's written, you know, you can find all the, the legal statutes and everything uh, still to this day that will point you to that direction. The point of that is very, it's very important to understand that that simply means and this is where people either perk up or just get lost. You know, the Bible is not religion. We've been taught that it's a religion. Religions revolve around things. Well, what is the thing that religions revolve around? Right. Back to the symbol losing its meaning. The symbol. What is the symbol? What is that Bible? What is it? It's a book of law. Obviously, if it's the common law, it's a book of law. It's not a religion. Now, what we've done is we've created this noun, this name, religion. Okay, but to act religiously, that's that's a real thing. So I drink, you know, I'm sorry to say that I've gotten into the habit of drinking a couple cups of coffee every morning, religiously. I do something religiously. I follow the law of coffee drinking religiously. Well, that's essentially true religion to act according to the law and so what i found because here's basically what happened why i wrote that book why i got into all this in the first place is because 
I spent years, I spent a decade, over a decade. I started in, you know, 2007 or so looking into the straw man thing and the legal aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And um, every road kept leading to the Bible. I, first, I found the maxims of law, which if, if you never read the maxims of law, so important to understand. Because as your status changes from free to slave or citizen, your, your maxims change with it, right? Your maxims, all the maxims that are good for you as a free man come from the Bible. All the maxims that are bad for you as a person, someone who contracts with the devils of the state, the attorneys of the state, all the maxims there counteract the natural ones. So you go from natural to unnatural, lawful to legal, um, real to artificial, right? This is our current state of being, again, plugged into the matrix without even knowing it because it happens at birth. It happens at the, at the, at the point where you, your parents, <sighs> see, there's so many angles to this. It's hard to keep, <laughs> keep track on one. But when you when you put your child or when your parents put you into a, into the birth certificate system, when they certified and registered you as property, it's called delivery. Okay, delivery is a legal term. It means abandonment. Really? Okay? Your parents and you, if you have them, you abandon your children to the state. In other words, you give the paternity or the property. The notion that the child is your property in a way that, let's say, nature is a property of God or, or uh, uh, hydrogen is a property of water. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're not talking about something that's artificial, the real thing, you know, the, the, true, the true paternity. The lo- all, you're giving that away. You're giving your power of your child over your way and you're assigning the child as an apprentice to the corporate structure, which is the nation. And if you look up the term nation, <laughs> you find that it means goyim, amazingly. So we're all essentially, if you're, if you're, if you're a citizen of the United States or any other nation, um, not the actual state, then you're considered goyim, right? right? That's the actual or Gentile, you know. So if you look at what a birth certificate does, it gives you domicile in the United States. Okay, what does that mean? Because here again, when I say United States, what do you think? What is the United States? I mean, a conglomerate of, of states put together, run no. by the same people. Absolutely not. The states are foreign to the United States. What is the United States? Where is the United States? Washington, D.C. Ah, so are you telling me that the United States is a corporation inside a district and a district means distress, distraint, and uh, seizure. That, that's what the word actually means. So you're seized. Um, this is why a cesarean section or Caesar it means seizure. You're seized from the from the womb, right. seized from the at birth. So you're seized into Washington D.C. and that's where your domicile is. And it's you know you can look this up. I'm not just speaking out of my butt. Right. <laughs> And you're given then residence in the state. So you now have two separate things. Well, what is domicile and what is residence? Ah, domicile is where your law comes from. Well, 
that presents a problem in and of itself because obviously the bible says you can't have two gods you can't have two laws so automatically you've been taken out of the realm of nature and its law and you've been put under contract okay so that's your domicile you're you're in the united states you're in washington dc i should say your person is and exists only in washington dc in the united states a corporation and the public lands that that corporation uh you know for instance nevada is i think 83 i think utah is 83 percent federal lands public land so everywhere that we go as united states citizens we're foreigners in every state so you have 50 states that are united in compact that are called colloquially the united states of america then you have a corporation in washington dc outside of the 50 states and therefore foreign to all 50 states and all 50 states are foreign to the united states that's where where our persons reside and or excuse me have domicile and get their law now we are allowed to be in the states as as residents and that's what the birth certificate process tells you it explains on the websites uh that you're you're given domicile in the united states but you're given essentially temporary residence residence is where you basically live you know basically uh dwell is is actually the, the excuse me the common term Mm-hmm. which has a, a, a whole new meaning <laughs> in and of itself. But the point I'm trying to make is that we're assigned a status through the birth certificate, the person, a persona, which in Latin means mask, is created at that point, a status, an artificial fictional person, compare it to you know, your projected self-image in the matrix or compare it to a chess piece or a Monopoly board piece, all right? You can't play Monopoly as a man. You can't walk on that board. You have to become a person inside the game. Right. You have to become one of the characters inside the game in order to walk on that board, pay your taxes, collect your $200, go to jail, and all of that stuff, which are all your rights as a little person in a little little uh, game piece in the monopoly board right right well it's no different you're a person of the united states washington dc your law comes from washington dc u.s code uh, to give you an example of that why are there two different laws with marijuana yeah federal and why state. can i get a permit in a state and have it still be federally illegal because you're a federal person what's your highest law Natural federal U.S. code. Hmm. So even if I have a permit, the federal government, the federal police, which means policy, the federal police can still arrest me right, for having and possessing marijuana, even though I have a license from the state because the state is, or excuse me, the United States, in my case, as a person of the United States, my law comes from there. I, in other words, that's my sovereign. Mm-hmm. The state, the state is not my sovereign. It's just giving me permission to, in other words, it won't enforce any law against me. That does not, however, retract or negate 
the federal law that says U.S. citizens cannot possess or use Schedule Four drugs. Right, and in that situation specifically, just kind of shows the bigger picture of the fact that it's a sham. The idea of decriminalization, legalization, all that, all those steps up and down, it's just to cause more strife. I mean, it's about control, obviously. The, every every law that the United States passes only applies to U.S. persons. Right. It doesn't apply to you unless you are acting as a U.S. person. So let's take another example. You don't have a car, so you're not under any kind of, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about the traffic code and all that. But suddenly you rent a car. Now you're in another's property. It's not, it's not your own. Right? Just like the person is not your property. You're sure you're now bound. You're in, you're in bond and surety to that vehicle or vessel. And that's what a person is. It's like a commercial vessel. You use it, you drive it around, you, and to do so, of course, if you're going to use someone else's property, you have to follow their law, not your own. Right. Okay, this is why, again, what's amazing about all this is over here sits the Bible, completely ignored, ridiculed, unused. People, people hate it, and they don't even know why. And yet inside, what does it say? It says, don't do any of the things you're doing now. Do not respect persons. Do not respect flattering titles. Remember, what is a person? A person is a corporation, right? Do not respect corporations. Do not respect persons. Do not respect flattering titles. Do not use money. Do not get into debt. Do not take false oaths. Right? Do not do any of the things that you do as a person of the united states or of a legal structure because it takes you away from the law of nature the law of god which essentially says stay in truth at all times speak truth live truth uh you know what is it uh, logos pathos and uh you know where your mind your body and your spirit are in sync you never do anything that is opposed to any of the of the trinity that you are right that's what the bible teaches always remain in truth well you cannot do that if you're acting under the law of a fictitious corporation calling itself a government you cannot and that has its own system of law because while you're acting as the monopoly board piece you must follow the law of the monopoly game. Right, right. Right? Yes, of course. This is our problem. This persona, this mask that we wear, whether we realize we're wearing it at all times. I'll give you an example. Okay. How about consumer protections? Well, what is a consumer? Someone who consumes. So anytime you go out and you buy something, First of all, you're using federal money. Yep. That money doesn't belong to you. It belongs no. to the federal government. The, the best you can say is that it belongs to your person. Problem is your person belongs to the federal government, which is why they can confiscate everything you have at any time. Right. Because nothing is yours. It's 
your persons and your person is not your own. It's not yourself. No one's acting as themselves, just like in the matrix simulation. And what's really interesting about that is the word simulation. Mm -hmm. Any guess what the word simulation actually oh, means? I think I did know this. It means hypocrisy. So if you think about it, you can't really blame governments you can't blame anything but yourself because the simulation only happens here you allow yourself to uh, be fooled you allow yourself yes to break the law you you know you allow yourself to simulate outside of nature yeah i've heard of and, this thing this concept called um have you ever heard of revelation of the act it's i believe it's some sort of magician's expression and I've heard it described about the controllers of the world in a way that seems on point, where it's basically that the magician tells you everything he's going to do. Whether you see it or not, it's your own fault. And right. Well, it's more than that. It's karma. Okay, keep going. So if I tell you I'm going to depopulate you and, you know, make you sterile through my vaccines, and you accept the vaccines without you know just ignoring that fact mm -hmm. that's that's patented that's that's written all over the place well then my karma is clean i've told you i've monologued to you my plans i've written it out in so many different places that people like me have found and tried to expose to people right right so so yeah, if I tell you my plans, then I have no karma. I have no karmic price when I go and harm you or kill you. You were living in truth. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is... Uh, in a very twisted way. Because I mean, that's why you have a, a, a moral spiritual law that doesn't allow you to harm others. True, right? true, true. So or the they Bible were mocking never, living in truth, should I say. The Bible, that's what you're talking about is... Um, uh, Kabbalah, basically. You're talking about some of the ancient uh, Babylonian things, and of course, the Bible is going to tell you you must leave Babylon. You must not. You must not do as they did, and and all that stuff. So again, it's 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 such an incredible such an incredible thing to to when I finally started grasping it and understanding it. Let me tell you one, you know, again, how do, how do we understand it? How do we, how do we picture it? How do we possibly tang, tangibly, you know, grasp what's happened to us? Well, I'll, I'll give you the perfect example. Okay. And I, I was the good little citizen. I was a sound, I went to school. I became a sound engineer, sound designer in Hollywood. I was working on movies and games. It was great. Wonderful. And all of a sudden, at the worst possible time, so I was so stressed already. Identity theft. Oh, God. Well, let's stop a minute and consider. If my identity can be stolen or used by someone else, is it my identity? What they really did was they got access to the person named Clint Richardson and registered as such as property of the United States and fraudulently used that persona, that mask, that legal mask to essentially purchase things on the credit 
of another. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I say again, what is identity theft? Are you your identity? And the answer is no, of course not. You're, you're, a, you're a beautiful, physical, spiritual being. Your identity is a noun. It's a name. It's, it's a, you know, it's again, it's, it's, it's something not in nature. And therefore, it can be used and exploited. And therefore, you can be used and exploited because you, of course, identify as something artificial, which is property of government. How does anybody treat property? The same way you treat a slave. Right. You, you, you know, you have no rights but what they give you. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, if, you're, if you're free, if you're of nature, if you follow the law of God or the law of nature, as they say, you'd be avoiding all of this stuff. You wouldn't have an identity. You'd be yourself. There, there's no flattering titles. There's no names. And you wouldn't respect those flattering titles of anybody else. And of course, this just goes back to the typical, you know, the guy with the tie saying, okay, well, fine, run off into the hills and meditate, hippie. Be you. You know what I mean? And it's so hard. I mean, it's been hard for hundreds of years, probably, for people to try to find this. You know, I've seen a couple cases where men will be in court saying, like, I am the living sovereign being or living natural man. And the, the judge will literally get up and walk away. So you got to understand about that. Mm-hmm. There's a whole movement based around that type of behavior. And at one point, I did the same thing. I thought I was being clever and I thought I was being smart. And I thought, you know, if I go to court and I do this, maybe I'll get arrested, you know. <laughs> but if you break that down, here's what you have to understand. Okay. First of all, men don't go to court. Who must appear? Wait, that's a term of magic, isn't it? Wait a minute. Appear. What's appearing in court? The person. The person. Hmm. Well, then why are you there? Why, why do you even need to go if the court is just administering? And that's what we're under is administrative law. So... In other words, an employee-employer relationship is an administrative situation. You do something wrong, they come and they administrate you, right? That's what an administrator or a magistrate is. So that's the system we're under, which is why if you go to court and you say, I am a man, (laughs) the judge is going to look at you as if you're insulting his intelligence, of course you're a man. I'm not disputing that you're a man. There's no time where the court doesn't think you're a man, right? It's a stupid, pointless argument. And I think a lot of those guys, those gurus that you should not be listening to are doing it to make money. They're doing it to show you, you know, film themselves in court and show you, oh, look what I did, but they're not doing anything. And here's why. The way the system works, and the most important thing you can understand in all of this is the law of agency. Okay, what is an agent? Oh, There's boy. several terms. Dummy is, is, is one of the definitions. In other words, like a dummy corporation. Mm-hmm. I create a dummy corporation and then I put all my shit on it. 
and then I bankrupt it and I've, you know, basically created a straw man and now it's gone. So, you know, uh, agent is an employee, whereas the employer is the principal, a trustee, whereas the trustor is the principal a trustee would be the agent. Another word for agent is attorney. Hmm. Huh. To a torn, to give your rights to another is what a torn means. So an attorney is someone you give your rights to. As soon as you take an attorney, you have you can no longer speak for yourself. Okay. Right? You've given up uh, your persona to be managed and administrated by the legal system. This is why one reason why they go and they say, I'm a man, <laughs> right? <laughs> what they should be saying is, and there's one video out there that the judge actually tries to help the, the guy. I don't remember who did it, but it was laughable because he didn't, he didn't get the hint. And the judge tells the guy, he's, you know, I'm a man, I'm sovereign, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're a fool. And then the judge says, you know, instead of walking out of the court and saying, oh, again, am I going to deal with this? And, and of course, they think that when the judge walks out of the court, they're winning. Mm. But the only thing that's happening is that you're not saying I when the judge comes in, he calls the case. OK. What does he say? Is this person, this name in the court? Is there an appearance of this fictional entity that's called Clint Richardson? And like fools, because we don't realize that we are not the name, but we think we are because we're in the matrix, mm -hmm. right? Or we're just so trained to do it here. Okay. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah. Now, what have I just done? Volunteered. I've just voluntarily identified myself as a legal fictional person. Mm -hmm. Now the guy that stands up and says, Oh, I'm a man. I'm a man. The only thing that's missing is, is word, word terms, magic, ter ma word magic. He doesn't understand what he's supposed to say. So he skits up and he says, I'm a man. I'm a man. I don't accept this and I don't do this. And it's like, but you gotta understand. I didn't, it, the judge didn't call for a, a man. There's no reason for a man to be there unless he's acting as agent for or attorney for that person. Okay, so the judge, what does the judge say? He says, well, that's great. Congratulations. You're a man. I can see that, you dumbass. <laughs> um, you're insulting my intelligence, but I'm going to give you a chance. See, see what you do know. And the judge tells him. He pretty much gives him the the, the silver platter. And he says, look. I am, you know, this, this court only recognizes per, the, the person that's being called or the agent. Are you, you know, W.G. Smith or are you the agent of W.G. Smith? I'm a man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a man. That's, I'm a man. He's can't, can't get off the fact that he's a, he's a man. And the judge says again, okay, well, is, you know, W.G. Smith in the courtroom or is an agent for W.G. Smith uh, present. Yeah. And he still just didn't get it because what that judge was telling you is that the only thing that can appear in court 
is a fictional entity and either you well i shouldn't say either it's either either you or an attorney are going to represent represent that fiction in the court so <laughs> if you get up and you say you know i've i've seen people bring their birth certificates for instance and say i am the agent for service of process for this person in that case the judge is either going to shut down the case and dismiss it especially if there's other people in the in the courtroom because they don't want you to know you can be your own attorney that you are an attorney in in fact yeah you're you are the, the agent for service of process for the person you're the one that in other words has to has to physically well, you're the puppet master. You 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 control the puppet, and because you use the puppet to protect all your actions in the legal commercial realm, you're the one that gets the bill. You're the one that pays the taxes. You're but you're doing it through the person, right? So mm -hmm. if I get up as the agent or attorney, the the difference is instead of volunteering that I am the person, agents or attorneys cannot be tried for the crimes or whatever of the person they're representing right right so in other words uh you know if you're representing a, as an attorney you're representing a murderer uh you know you're doing everything you can to get the murderer off but in no circumstance can you be charged with murder when when this person this man through this person so the, the point is the judge the judge will then be like well there's not much i can do in this case because now i'm talking to an attorney talking to the agent the the the, the responsible party for the person the for the status for the for the corporation essentially and uh you know, <laughs> I really can't reprimand him. I can't send the agent to jail, for instance. I can't charge. So it, it, it really complicates things. Has that happened? Has that been recorded? Um, the, problem, the problem with when you're talking about public and private things is that once you start getting into this level of stuff, private you know, probate and private things are not in public record. So you're not going to go find uh, a lot of public or court records on private people because they're in a completely different jurisdiction. We're hmm. in a United States court, right? They're all, none of them are constitutional courts. They're not articles, whatever, or article something in the constitution courts because they're administrative courts. They're not dealing with real men. They're dealing with their own property, which they're administering. Again, it's not the same as going to court and being, at, you know, and actually getting a fair trial and having all these so-called, you know, constitutional rights. This is what people don't understand. Is, is see, the problem is, the problem is persons of the United States, citizens of the United States do not have constitutional rights. We're brought up to believe we do, but I can show you several court cases where you don't. And that's why the 
the as you said, the judge will get up out of the court. It's not a constitutional court. You have cases where judges will say, get that, you know, goddamn piece of paper out of my court referring to the Constitution, because it's not a constitutional court. But we all think it is. We all have been so brainwashed by movies and television and so-called history and education that we have no idea that while we could be free men on the land, if you will, instead we're birthed into this artificial structure, this persona, this status that does not allow us to be men. We're acting at all times, 100% of the time, and are expected to behave in that manner of essentially persons, right? The whole law is the law of persons, which is essentially this thing is the law of property, right? And that's the hard part. See, this is the part where you start going, you know, this can't be true. This can't be real. Again, it's not tangible. This word magic that seems to haunt every aspect of this, it does look just like silliness. It looks like like all the the words that you're using literally and going back to the roots, the etymological roots of these words and why they're in place, which should matter. People are missing somehow and they're acting as if it's all just coincidence. And well, no, they didn't do it for that reason, but... Yeah, maybe it's just a silly thing. It's and how many times can think about it this way, right? First of all, every word has every word in the English language has at least two meanings. Oftentimes, those meanings are opposed to each other. Now, multiply that by the amount of arts and sciences uh, that there are, botany, microbiology, uh, the legal, you know, the legal system, the banking system, surgeons, doctors, dentists, uh, you know, psychiatrists, all of them have their own words. And yet all those words sound exactly the same as the words we use, but they're all different. They all have different meanings. And what I found that's so amazing is that, you know, I started, I, I started defining every word in the Bible I looked up and it's not what I thought it meant. Every word I looked up in the legal, it's not what I thought it meant because I'm speaking essentially English, which is nicknamed dog Latin because it's the Latin grammatical set, grammatical system set to English. It's the lowest form of Latin that you can speak. Whereas if you're in the legal realm and you're a master of law, you're speaking law Latin. They tell you Latin's mm. a dead language, but the whole system is built on the Latin, right? So law Latin and lower Latin, and then there's one in the middle for the, for the rest of the people that are kind of, you know, above the common level and so they call it they call english a slave language or a mongrel language as mark twain called it or uh the, the in, in black's law you can look up dog latin the reason they call it dog latin is because well animals beasts of burden always have four feet right 
This goes right back to the Bible, too. Yeah, it's all there. Everything is interconnected. There is no Bible without legal, and there is no legal without the Bible. It's just, these two are 100% directly opposed to each other. So the, the, the Bible is completely against the legal system. That's why it exists. It exists so that you do not fall into the legal system. And so what did they do? Well, they changed it. You know, they replaced all the words. They even took the, the word Jehovah, which was in, in the Bible 6,000 times, YHVH, uh, and the older versions, you know, back to the Greek. When the conspiracy theorist ends up down the rabbit hole and ends up a born-again Christian, this makes sense. Why? Because you just replace Satan with the state, and it's basically the same exact story. Yeah, you're taking you're taking a false god. So go look up the word God. Everybody thinks it has a set meaning. No, no, no. God means magistrate. God means mayor, means president. It means anyone that has authority or that you allow to have authority over you. That's what your God is. What's the first, you know, commandment? Take no other gods before nature, before the the universe before self-existence before truth take no right. other gods that's not that's not saying don't believe in zeus that's saying don't take a president don't take a magistrate don't have a judge it's you see this is all these things that we're doing and of course he didn't just the, the king didn't just replace jehovah he replaced all the other instances uh, where the Bible's talking about men acting as as kings or magistrates or as uh, you know anybody in power, and so you have a lot of instances in the Bible where God does this horrible thing, right? Mm. God kills children and God allows it. No, it doesn't. You just haven't gone and looked up what the word God means or what it was translated from. In reason, it wasn't Jehovah. It was archon or king or he said magistrate all these 30 different words that the king then transposed into the word god or lord well that's baal b-a-a-l means lord or god right so baal worship so now you're worshiping this empty term this do-it-yourself god you god is what you believe it is you form the image or you fall for the art that the church has done for centuries and that's your it's your image of god you're worshiping an idol an image and have no understanding that well what does the bible say god is well first of all it's jehovah which is not a name it's actually a verb that means existence life itself all of self-existence all of truth everything that's not man-made that's what you're supposed to be worshiping that's what you're supposed to be uh that is what god is supposed to be for the righteous man what does the bible say something that that even the staunchest hater of of religion in the bible will repeat right they'll say it over and over the truth will set you free okay well there's uh, you know i hate to tell you this that's right from the bible and it's Jehovah will set you free. And what, um, because of the translation, 
what right. is truth in a later verse jehovah is truth see what we're not realizing okay the truth set me free but what is the truth truth is all that is real that is self-existent when i say self-existent I mean, it doesn't matter you believe it or not. There was, there was a Jehovah is not a word that was meant to be debated. You don't believe or not believe in existence, right? Oh, I don't believe in the existence of existence. Wait a minute. All of a sudden, this whole atheism thing just goes straight out the window, and you realize it's a complete logical fallacy where you build this straw man God and then deny that straw man argument. Where, and you're not even you never even learned what this this beautiful term was that that again was in there like six thousand times before they went and changed it. See, we're so ignorant of these things because we are born into this system as slaves. We're, you don't teach slaves the language of the master. If the slave learns the language of the master, he's no longer a slave. This is how you create a slave. And they exploit the fact that we have no clue what this language really does and what it means. And this endless exploitation, I don't know where it's going, but right now it's really getting scary. Honestly, your perspective on all the scientific stuff that's going on is, is blowing my mind. I've been watching Wag the Dog, and I haven't finished it. It's, I mean, if anyone has the time to sit and watch it, there's no denying what's going on. So I would love to get into it with you a little bit. And, and just what is your film Wag the Dog about, and what do you get into in it? Well, first of all, let's see if you can pass the test here. Okay. Okay. Who is required to get a vaccine? A person. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> well, then, what does that mean? That means if you wish to continue acting in essentially organized sin, right? Organized idolatry or what we call adulthood. And, you know, what is it? When, once you reach the age of consent, you know, you've, you've got to the point where, okay, I consent to all the evils I'm going to partake in. I'm going to keep, you know, I'm 18, so I'm going to keep using the name, the number, and all the marks of the beast, right? I'm, I am the beast, right? I, and I'm going to carry the mark that I am the beast, okay? So I'm going to continue acting in legalized adultery. I'm going to act in person. Well, that's great. Government says, uh, hold on a minute. If you're going to act, if you're going to come into this particular space, this public commercial space, this legal space, which is the only place a person can go, because there is no, you know, persons don't exist in reality. If you're going to utilize the, the matrix, the legal system, this, this invisible infrastructure, the monopoly board that we're walking on everywhere, because we don't own our own property well then that person must be vaccinated but wait a minute 
persons can't be vaccinated. They don't have arms. Right. They're a legal status. So who has to get vaccinated? Who is responsible for the person? The agent. If you want to act, if you want to drive another's car, whose law do you have to follow? If I, if you want to drive my car and I'm like, well, only if you get vaccinated, you have a choice. Right. You have a choice to drive the car and suffer the poison or say, no, I will not get vaccinated. And therefore, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to have that benefit that doesn't exist in nature. Okay. And again, what does that mean? I'm, I'm living in truth that's all it means i'm living i'm not living the lie so much that i'm willing to poison my body or my child's body in order to get some benefit from the state while acting in its in its property in its person okay now to most people you know you're gonna be offended by that maybe you're gonna be like oh wow he just called me out uh i'm just (laughs) saying look I'm saying everything is, is, is a voluntary choice. And what they've done is they've yeah. created essentially the straw man argument and they've personified it. They've anthropomorphized it. It's a thing now where when they say the person must get this done, you automatically think, Oh, I must get this done. You don't even think about the fact that they're not saying you have to do it. They're saying the person has to do it in order to get a benefit in order to get a protection in order to get some artificial thing. So what's the best way, you know, what's the goal? I'll put it to you this way before we get into that. Uh, what's the goal uh, wagging the dog? What's the goal of the United Nations? What's the goal of the international conglomerate corporate structure of nations, right? What's the difference between the States and the United States same same thing. The only difference is now United States is a state of the United Nations. So you have this sort of exterior foreign thing that's now governing this and therefore governing us. What's the number one most important main goal of the United Nations? Uh, agenda 2030 and Agenda 21. How do you control people? How are they going to control everybody on earth? What's the one way that they can ensure that everybody on earth will do what they want them to do? Because there's over a billion people right now that don't have identity. So the number one goal of the United Nations right now, as listed in their documents and on their websites and everything else, is to give everyone in the world digital identity. Sounds wonderful to everyone that doesn't know this. Everyone in the world must get an identity, a digital identity. In other words, everybody must be plugged into the fiction, into the matrix. That's simple. Which means that anytime they pass a law, you must follow the law in order to continue to act in that identity. Right? Get in the picture. So, wagging the dog. The full name is wagging the dog. The story behind the story of COVID-19 um, and part one, I'm, I'm working on part two actually right now, but part one is uh, 
building the chimera and chimera is essentially a a a man-made virus or a man-made creature back in early 2000 i heard an interview with a gentleman named francis boyle and francis boyle is the guy who actually codified the geneva conventions on biological weapons and he codified that into the U.S. code. Unfortunately, they added a few things to it, what they call exception clauses. And this means that um, what would be illegal, for instance, making biological weapons, they're not illegal if you name it, if you put a flattering title on it, such as basic research or for health purposes or for peaceful research and that kind of thing, right? So if the military were doing this kind of research, they'd instantly be charged with with crimes against nature and humanity uh, for making biological weapons. Over here, you have the National Institutes of Health. So now we're talking a medical purpose, a peaceful purpose right if they do the same exact research as the military while the military would be blamed for biological weapons over here they're protected by that word peaceful it's peaceful research so even though we're making biological weapons by all definitions in the world and under the geneva conventions and under the u.s code we have an exception you see because Hey, we work for the almighty God, Anthony Fauci, and he funds us to do these experiments. And therefore, we can basically take any virus and anything in the world, make it much, much worse than, uh, you know, it, it could ever be in nature. And that's where the coronavirus came from. Under Fauci, who funded the experiments... And, uh, you know, to give you the timeline, especially, I think it was 2000, I want to say 2013, they had taken SARS and H5N1, highly pathogenic H5N1 and MERS, and they had done so many tweaks to it, so what they call gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function means mutation, okay? How dangerous the virus can be, right? Well... You know, there a virus. A virus has a purpose, and that purpose is to get into a host and propagate. That's eighty percent, eighty-five percent of life on Earth exists in that parasitic functionality. So it's not like a virus. You know, you're supposed to get viruses. They they help you. They reprogram your epigenomic code, and they do all kinds of good things. Those who don't get natural viruses actually end up extremely unhealthy if you don't get the chicken pox you don't get the natural measles you're missing all kinds of essentially updates from nature uh, is the best way i can put it so um what in this newer documentary the this part two it's going to be all these panel discussions that they had and they started debating behind closed doors all these scientists um who are actually doing the gain of function or mutation work they start debating on whether they should be doing this kind of work. 
And they came out with a paper, and the paper, white paper, basically said, okay, this is the type of research, you know, this was back in the early 2000s, this is the type of research perhaps that we shouldn't do, and if we do do it, it needs to be approved and, you know, really, really put into a BSL or or a high-security lab for or whatever. So, and what did they call the seven things that are considered extremely high risk. They called them the seven deadly sins. That's the name they chose to call the, the, the research practices to make biological weapons. Again, they're not making biological weapons according no. to the word magic that they put it, right? <laughs> but if anybody else were to do it anywhere else in the world, You'd be treated like a an, an like a absolute criminal, right? Correct. So, <laughs> let's go over some of these seven deadly sins. Well, obviously, we can make a virus more contagious. We can make it more uh, virulent. Pretty much the same thing. We can make it more deadly, or we can make it not as deadly. Uh, we can, ca- in other words, cause it not to uh, have certain response. You know, your body responds to the, the your immune system, right? We can make it drug resistant. Why would anybody want to make a, a a pathogen drug resistant? We can make it airborne. Why would you want to make H five N one that kills sixty percent of the people it 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 uh, contacts? Why would you wish to make that airborne? We can, uh, what's the other one? Oh, we can cause it to, instead of, okay, so the story behind the coronavirus, which has some truth in it, is that it must pass to an animal and then to a human. So from a bat to a civet or a ferret and then to a human. Bird flu, H5N1 bird flu, which is Anthony Fauci's baby. It's like his big thing, even though you'll never hear him talking about it in public. Um, They took H5N1 and they made it, instead of having to travel from animal to human, which are the cases around the world that you'll see, you find that it can't be transferred from human to human. Okay? So what do they do? gain of function mutation they add orthologs they add receptors they add whatever they need to do to make it human to human transmissible why would you take something that has that protective barrier of having to go through a a secondary animal why are they doing all these things openly funded by the nih or fauci's uh, the national allergy and institutes of uh, allergy infectious diseases right why are they doing this? Where anywhere else it would be called biological weapons, why are they allowed to do this? Peaceful research. Well, you know, you want to know this, the, the sad, unfortunate answer? Because we are scientists. Science should not be hindered. Science must never be allowed to be regulated. Science must go forward. It sounds like a religion. Do you think? That's why we call it scientism. And I explain all that in the documentary. When you have, when you have this type of 
cult-like behavior. And what it is is basically it's a consensus. They, they <laughs> in science, scientific methodology is basically the study of nature and how we can conform to the laws and law of nature, right? But what these guys do is, so a theory is created. And if you're a scientist, you never create a theory out of ego or because you want some grant or some recognition. You're creating it for the true purpose behind it, which is to hit it with everything you got to disprove it so that you can prove it. And no theory that a scientist, a true scientist, uh, would ever create would, would have the caveat that it is anything but a theory. A theory is the best possible evidentiary concept that we have of something. And no scientist who's in their right mind, who's not part of a cult, would ever suggest that this is a final theory. My theory is forever going to be in a position where it can be broken. I want it to be broken because that's an improvement in science. Absolutely. In scientism, the scientific point of view, you have a cult-like protected religion based on consensus or agreement. That has no place in science. What, what you want to happen has nothing to do with what actually will happen if you apply the seventh scientific methodology, right? It's the study of nature and its law. These people seek to recreate nature and reform it in their own image and therefore their own law. So their theory is presented in a way that all scientific data that does not support the theory, push it away. Okay. We are like, you know, our goal is, for instance, transhumanism, right? If our goal is transhumanism, then everything we do cannot be bound by the scientific method because we're trying to create an artificial state of being, which does not exist in nature and cannot exist in nature without our subsistence and help, right? I can't transfer my consciousness into a computer as they believe they can. Right. Right. That's the ultimate goal of, of this scientific thing is to improve everything to make, you know, it's anti, this is why I say it's anti-nature anti-God because it is to take creation or to take nature and forcefully unfold it or evolve it into their or into whatever goal they have and so what you find is that they're not doing science this this mutation research is not science they're altering the genetic code and function of natural um, self-existing things right against the law of nature against uh, I mean, it, it, it's just crimes against nature, and I can't stress that enough. We're at war with an organized system of, you know, this goes from medical to university to uh, science to you know, the whole thing is one giant 
cult like you wouldn't believe and that's all stuff that i i i gotta you know it's all in my second documentaries that i'm making so so we're we're talking about we're talking about the opposite of science but we're calling it science science must go forward science must go on we are scientists well they've been you know real science real scientists who would never take part in this type of stuff have been warning about scientism for you know hundreds of years they've been warning about this type of mentality or zetetic type of thought where you don't need you don't need to bind yourself to any any of nature's law you know you don't have to have morals you don't have to have you know morals only get in the way of of forwarding science right which means we we want to we want to improve the human condition to the point where we're beings of light in a computer matrix right i mean i i kid you not that is uh, the purpose behind half their research because what you find when you actually read all these research papers that they come out with well we created a synthetic environment so that we could create a synthetic virus and do this and do this synthetically and synthetic 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 right this is not that's not nature that's not science so that's the mentality we're dealing with the other side of that mentality is a sense to me of psychopathy, of sociopathy, of not giving a crap about the consequences of their actions because they're protected, they're insured. Government won't get in trouble and because they're working for government, neither will they. And they openly say this. They openly say, we have no liability. We don't really, you know, science must go on. And in this new documentary I'm working on now with all these panel discussions of these scientists, they, you know, they actually say and refer to an apocalyptic event. In other words, wiping out the entire human species. And the purpose of these, of these get-togethers, all these government agencies, all these scientists, so-called scientists, is to discuss the risk-benefit of doing this type of research. What is the risk benefit of taking highly, already highly pathogenic H5N1, making it airborne, making it human to human transmissible, making it more deadly, making it more viral, making it more resistant to drugs? What is the risk benefit analysis, considering we're gonna build this thing, a completely artificial thing and then we're going to store it and hope that it doesn't escape, you know, in, in, a, in hundreds of labs across the world, right? We're going to hope that it doesn't escape. What is the risk-benefit analysis of doing that type of research? Should we be doing that type of research, knowing that if it got out and we made it that contagious and we made it airborne and we made it human-human transmissible, what is the risk-benefit analysis of creating an apocalypse this is the mindset that we're dealing with and i can't stress that enough what is the risk benefit should we do research that can if it escapes a lab or 
you know, there's a whole other aspect to this, could kill the entire human or animal population. Right. Okay. That is what we're doing because science should never be tethered. Science should always be free to express itself. Right. We're talking about scientism, of course. We're talking about we're talking about not being bound by any scientific law, morals, spirituality, or anything. And of course, scientism itself, scientism itself, seems to have been born out of the original uh, suppression of of real science by the church or the state. So it's kind of like round and around we go. Well, I mean, I would dare say that. Uh... You know, behind all of this, we'd probably find the real church and the real state. Because, <laughs> in my opinion, the church, the church has done everything it can in its power. Because remember, who, who's who's the who's the king? Who's who's the head of the church? Right, the pope. The king. Right. Right, the pope. So they've done everything they can to take us away from the Bible. They've done everything they can. I mean, hell, they used to they used to preach it in Latin. Nobody knows Latin. It's a dead language, right? Right. Why would you why would you teach the Bible in Latin when nobody knows Latin? Why would you replace the word God and so that nobody understands why did you do all of this mistransliteration if your intent is to teach the true Bible and teach the true God or the God of truth or the God that is truth. The, obviously the church and the state are equally simulating hypocrisies you know that are incorporated and have 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 you know allow this stuff to happen right and you got to think of you know the pope created the state before it was just the church why would you why, why do we need the state why do we need you know we need religion because if you look at every constitution in the world every government in the world they're created under God, right? <laughs> so no matter what religion or what what your purpose or intent is, it's always a, an ordination, right? Even the Constitution of the United States is that it's ordained that we will do this. In other words, you know, we give thanks to God for... Uh, so God is the ultimate excuse to do really, really bad things. But you've got to have something to excuse you. So you create the state, the legal system. And so you have just like the, the, the Democrat and the Republican party, which are the same thing, but they pretend to be opposite. You have the church and the state, which are the same thing. They're married, but they pretend not to be. And you know, when the church commits a crime, well, you got the legal state to uh, protect it and forgive it. And when the state makes the crime, you got the church to forgive it. And, it's a never-ending, you know, state of forgiveness that explains why nobody ever gets in trouble for doing anything, why priests are molesting children, and why senators and judges are molesting children. It's the same, the same people. That one might throw on a, a a frock and be a judge, or one might throw on a frock and be a priest. What's the difference? Right. Absolutely. There is none. So, I, I, I again, I can't stress enough that. The, the things that we call medicine and the things that we call science, the things that we call government, the things that we call religion, they are, for lack of a better term, they are inverted. What we call science is not science at all. What we call medicine is not medicine. 
Right. It, that's another theme that uh, echoes back to uh, what I hear from my religious friends is this. And of course, they're interpreting it with angels and demons and all this stuff. But it seems to be this inversion of anything that's good is this attribute of the religious beast character, this figure that turns everything on its head and everything is backwards and upside down. The more I look into this, the more I start seeing this everywhere. I mean, for instance, what, I'm curious what your thoughts are here. Uh, the fact that you're, you're showing this legality behind the Bible, you're also saying that the Bible is the good part, that it's talking about the, you know, the natural law and everything, perhaps. Is there room in there for, like, true spirituality at all? Because there's so many theories about Gnostic Christianity, for instance, and my God, well, you just go down the, the rabbit hole from there, you know what I mean? This is another thing. What is spirituality? You know, it has a different meaning to everybody, even though it shouldn't. The question is, okay, let's break the word apart. What is your spirit? If you can't answer that question, you have no right claiming to be a spiritual being. Right. Right. <laughs> so spirit and soul are the same terms. They mean the same thing. And the question becomes, okay, so if I'm going to claim spirituality, then I must... I must be abiding by the spirit. I must have a spirit to be spiritual. What does it mean? Right? It's just a term you use because you don't want to admit, that, you know, you don't want to associate yourself with the Bible and you don't want to associate with the religion and you want to be popular <laughs> and you want to fit in. And so you say, oh, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Right, right, right. And you're, you know, we're all full of shit when we say that. And, uh, we need to admit that because what is your spirit now your spirit again you have this trinity of of mind body and soul right what controls what well your spirit is always the highest that's why they call it the spiritual law or god's law the moral law is always to be taken highest is always considered highest um Unless you, of course, take upon yourself a false god, a false law, and become a person of a corporation, right? Then you're obviously not using your spirit, and that's the point. You cannot be a spiritual being while you're under man's law. You cannot be spiritual and also practice a law that is completely strict and gives you no choice to do anything. You're in a state of, as the Matrix, again, in the second movie covers you're in a state of permanent causality you don't make choices and if you do make a choice it's trump or clinton two evils that's not a choice that's a causality that presents one of two evils that no matter what you do one of them is going to be your choice that's that's not choice if you had choice in an election you would say none of the above because no fucking way am I going to have Trump or Clinton as my God. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, think about that. That's the correct term. My false God is, is, is now Biden because I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I see. So, I see. So 
what is spirit? Spirit is choice. Without choice, you have no spirit. Without the choice to act morally instead of legally, to act freely instead of as a slave, without the choice. And see, that's the thing about freedom is freedom is a state where everything you do is a choice. Slavery or citizenship is a state where everything you do, your your burden of choice has been removed. Your spirit does not, you're spiritually dead. And amazingly, if you look up the term spiritually dead, you're going to find that's what a legal person is. Really? Any man who takes upon himself a legal status is considered spiritually dead. Why? Because you're not making a choice. You're not making any moral choices. You're acting according to a law that is strict and without movement, without choice. You make no spiritual moral choice in anything you do. You might feel like you're making a choice. Oh, you know, you know, when I vote for the lesser of two evils, I've made a spiritual choice. No, no, you've just shown what a complete moron and slave you are right. by <laughs> voting for president. Because you're not voting for president. You're voting to confirm the electoral college, which is a bunch of private people who are actually electors. You're a voter. A voter is a slave. A voter is someone who prays to God, right? That's what a voter is. You don't, you don't vote if you're in charge, right? You don't vote if you have power over yourself. Absolutely not. You, you, only, you only vote if you're subject, right? So, so we're, we're in this state of constant spiritual death. Um, again, look it up in my book. I, I, think, I think it's in the first, first book. I can't remember. But spiritual death is a huge concept in legality because, again, you have agreed by acting in persona, in, in a legal person, that you don't have the right to choose. You must follow the strict law of the person. Right? This is so important to understand. So to say I'm a spiritual person or a spiritual, to even say a spiritual person is an oxymoron because, of course, persons have no spirit. Persons have no spirit. So we're all fooling ourselves as long as, you know, trying to fool everybody else. Meanwhile, we're just slaves. For so long, I tell, I've been telling people kind of the mentality of not voting has been to just opt out stop participating the more of us that don't participate that was my mentality before this interview but now it kind of seems like we're we're all participating on so many levels you've got you've got it you've got to you've got to look for that higher meaning man what does it mean to you can't vote no right you can only vote you can only vote yes <laughs> and that's the point because either Either candidate that you're voting for, if I vote yes for Clinton, but Trump wins, my yes vote for Clinton turns into a yes vote for Trump. Did I ever really have the choice to say no? Because I voted for this and this happened. So I never really got to say no. And no, you know, if you think about 
the word no, saying no, the right and ability to say no is the ultimate freedom. No, I will not accept that contract. No, I will not accept that burden. No, I will not accept no, 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 no. And again, that's what the Bible pretty much teaches is no to anything artificial. Stay in the truth. No symbols, no, no money, right? Then there's the ultimate uh, fallacy. The ultimate fallacy when it comes to voting is, well, I'm just not going to participate. I'm not going to vote. I'll show them, right? Well, let's say 99% of the people don't vote. What about that 1% who's patriotic and believes in voting and will, you know, get on your case if you don't vote? What? Oh, you're not voting? It's your right. Right? right? How can you abandon your right to vote for two evils? Right? And they'll just, right? Same, same crowd that'll, that'll, that'll ostracize you for not being vaccinated. Of course, exactly. Um, exactly. So if you don't vote, you know, that's the same as casting a vote. You're voting for whoever wins by not voting. They don't care if you vote or not. See, this is the, 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 the thing about the four-year election, especially. <laughs> it's, a, it's a showboat, man. It's a, it's a complete put-on because we don't even elect. We're not electors. The electors elect the president. The electors are chosen by the political parties and technically by the senators themselves, senators and congressmen can't vote. So they, they have an elector. It's in the constitution, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not in the constitutional realm. We're, we're administrative slaves. We, we don't even have the, that's why they call it the popular vote. Why does the popular vote not win? <laughs> because we're not the electors. We're not popular. We're the outcasts. Look up the word elector. If you look up the word elector and you look up the word voter, they're opposed to each other. One elector is a master and a voter is a slave. Really? You don't elect as a voter. <laughs> That's why they call them the elect and not the voter. Right? I mean, it's just, see, all these things, all these things start adding up as you figure them out. And you're like, Again, the whole thing is a simulated thing that that you can't, you know, you can't put your finger on it, you can't point to it, but it's all there. The whole simulation, everything is a simulation of the real. And it's really amazing when you see it, because you can't see it with your eyes. You have to see it with your with your spirit. How long has this been going on in our human civilization i mean this doesn't see at first it seems like maybe an american thing but then it really doesn't it seems very worldwide and very old well yeah yeah there it is there it is i mean you forget it's like we're talking about law that applies in modern times in the legal system yet there's the bible at the crux of this whole thing is this proof of some sort of illuminati conspiracy theory or is it something completely otherly I, I, I can't wrap my head around it i i you know i know and it's it's very difficult but i think we need to change our line of thought a lot um especially when considering the the new generations growing up right now that have no practical knowledge or application of what we were taught well I, i'm i'm 50 i'm almost 50 right so i graduated in 1990 um generations are 
growing up now, they're being taught to a completely opposite history and a completely opposite thing that I was taught in, in, in school. And before me, people were actually taught um, how to think instead of what to think, right? So even my generation is absolute, uh, you know, trash compared to those who went through a liberal arts education way back when. So, you know, the parents teach the children. The teachers teach the, te- the children who become teachers, and then they teach the next te- So, I mean, teachers, for God's sake, what is a teacher but, a, but the most ignorant buffoon ever, right? Because they're teaching what they learned from someone else who's completely ignorant of the way things really work. So that's where we're sending our kids. Instead of, instead of taking self-responsibility and actually schooling our children and, and setting aside a time to read the Bible every day, we're you know, we're sending them to basically public indoctrination, which means how do I be a good citizen? How do I remain completely ignorant of everything around me and be a good simulator, good hypocrite? How do I, you know, how do I I go to public school where I learn public things and never ever am I taught about being private? Because, you know, let's go back to the United States, man. The United States is all things public. The state, you ever driven somewhere and, sa- and seen a sign that says private? Private land or private road where you can't drive on it? Well, guess what? The, the people, they are the people that live in that private area on that private road. They are the people. They are the states. See, state means people. We the states, we the people. See, private is not public so private people of the states are not citizens of the united states their domicile is their state they are not bound by united states because because everything in the united states is commerce everything in the united states is what jordan talked about jordan maxwell maritime law maritime law which is frightening to say the least taking all the taking a lot of the esoteric stuff away from the, the maxwell you know he's done a lot of stuff i remember seeing him 20 years ago you know but um but you gotta take you gotta take what you can prove and what you can show and and you know whatever you believe aliens and all that stuff just put that aside and let's focus on what we can actually show right so maritime you know it's essentially the law of the sea the law of water why is that important and what's the difference between water and land? Now, the typical American, the typical, you know, typical publicly schooled idiot will say, and, and I was one of them, you know, will say, well, obviously water is that liquid stuff and, uh, you know, you get wet and then land is, you know, and the water is on top of the land and, you know, whatever. but we don't realize, again, the dualistic meaning of the terms. Because in legal, there is no water. There's no water in the matrix. See, remember, when the when the when the kid says there is no spoon, there's also not a kid. Right. There's not a room. There's not a couch. There's not a playground. There's there's not a freaking world. There is no anything. It's not just a spoon, right? So, 
you know, take the lesson to the full extent. Don't just, oh, no spoon. Hmm. Maybe I'll make a t-shirt and <laughs> pretend like I know what that means. Right? So take it to the full extent. There's nothing in the legal realm. There is nothing. The legal, the matrix is just a, an, an anthropomorphization of the legal side. I mean, it's all it is. It's, it's, it's just hypocrisy. It's just acting as something you're not. What does the Bible say? Never act as on anything that you are not. Live in truth. Brilliant, simple, so so just beautiful spiritual truth. Oh, but I don't believe in the Bible. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Yeah, that see that's something that's major contention for me because like I grew up mildly religious in my family not nothing was jammed down my throat but nothing you know it wasn't ignored but i grew up eventually just you know as young metalhead you know rebelling against the system atheism was attractive but it wasn't just attractive it was everywhere it was everywhere i'm not i'm not screaming satan or you know satanic panic i'm saying that intelligent middle class young people reading books and and taking psychedelics and getting into all kinds of crazy stuff all of my heroes growing up were atheist philosophers and atheist scientists and people like that and i started to realize over time that maybe this isn't just me suddenly paying attention to these people maybe they're everywhere maybe they're best-selling authors for a reason maybe they're everywhere so it's almost as if there's like a two-tier system where if you can't get them with the guy in the sky myth we'll get them with this dead universe myth that you don't mean anything you're meaningless it's like a two one two punch almost yeah that's exactly correct um because if you think again if you think about and the only way to to promote that type of dualistic or or inversive type of system where you fall you know you fall on one side or the other Uh, in other words like you say um i'm either i either am an atheist by name it's just a title right right? (laughs) i might wear a symbol that proves i'm an atheist i don't know what the symbol means i don't know the history of the symbol but i pretend to and i think it's cool and i'm part of a cult called atheism right right or I'm part of a cult called Christianity. Right. Well, either way, either one I fall into, guess what? If I'm an atheist, well, I'm not even going to look at the Bible. If I'm a Christian, I'm going to be taught a completely 100% wrong version of the Bible. And therefore, I'm going to be completely adverse to the Bible because I don't know what the thing says. I might have read it five or six times, never realizing that, oh, I should look up that term to see what it meant in the Greek. Because if you speak to someone in Greece who speaks Greek and English as a second language, they're like, hey, there is no way for me to express the poetic verse the beauty of our language in english english is a literal language so what happens people take things literally in the bible um i'll give you all kinds of examples jonah gets swallowed by a whale no i believe it i believe it it's it's a a real whale well i'm sorry but if you go back and you actually see what that word meant it was sea monster 
So if the story actually were printed as an allegory, as a, a learning tool to learn a moral story, they would have kept sea monster in there because you know why why sea monster well they used to put sea monsters on maps because all kinds of ships would disappear in this area so you say it's the bermuda triangle or you put a you put a symbol of a monster that comes up and eats the ship right 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 just just typical lore right it's but it, it wasn't meant to you know you're not meant to believe that there's an actual sea monster it's just a warning it's, it's a, a symbol. it's a moral symbol right so what do they do? They change it to whale. So the guy somehow exists, you know, inside the whale and uh, has a conversation all that. So again, in that way, by changing that one meaning of, of the term, I can, I can make someone literally believe the story, which takes away any moral value I might get from the story. If I believe, and, and this is controversial to anyone who, who doesn't understand this, if I believe that Jesus Christ, a man, actually walked the earth and that that man was God, even though I'm not supposed to take any other God before Jehovah, and even though Christ says, no, don't worship me, follow me because I'm the law of God. And if you follow me, then you're worshiping God, right? Or Jehovah. I'm the personification of law. I am not to be worshiped. I'm to be followed. I'm the example right? Don't worship me. My father, you know, he constantly right. says, you know, worship my father, not me. So somehow Jesus has been, God has been replaced by Jesus, which is amazing to me because there's nothing in the Bible that would ever suggest that, let alone the words of Christ, right. an allegorical character. But if I believe, see, here's the problem. If I'm a Christian I, and I believe that Jesus Christ is God or even a God, or even has supernatural powers. I cannot, I cannot use Christ as my example because I'm not considering Christ metaphorically and allegorically as a man that suffers the same temptations that I do. And if you read, it tells you, you know, you're supposed to consider Christ as, as not as God, but as a man who has those same temptations and same you know, all the same things that would pull us away from the spiritual life. You consider Christ as a man, and therefore you can actually follow the example because you're not, you're not, well, I, I have to become a god to, 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 you know, how, how can I possibly use Christ as my example if Christ was above all the things that I'm susceptible to? Right, right. Yeah, see, that changes the whole perspective. That's the stuff that the church hides from people. That's the stuff where all this dispensationalism and the prosperity preaching and, and even like the rapture, not in the Bible, right? All these different things that, that they came up with in the 17 and 1800s, none of that stuff is in the Bible. The rapture, no, sorry, not there. The tribulation, no, all that stuff is completely made up by the, the priests of the, you know, the evangelistics, you know, and their purpose is to control people for, on behalf of the state, church and state, they're married. So you're absolutely correct. And either way, whether you're atheist, you claim to be atheist, or you claim to be Christian, you're completely taken away from 
the book of law that would allow you to be a free man. And there, it goes a step further, too. Uh, if Have you noticed this, that even for people like my younger self who got that far and then went, okay, so then you can study this kind of stuff through Hermeticism and Kabbalah and all these things. But then there's the wispy, woo-woo, new age to kind of discredit that whole angle. You, you know what I mean? It seems like they have their... How are they this far ahead? That's the that's where people get to reptilians, I assume. But I, I think they were this far... <laughs> yeah, right. I think they were this far ahead way back when, because again, everything in the Bible, especially when you put it into the ancient Chaldean, the ancient Greek, the ancient Hebrew, when you read it correctly as intended then obviously it, it this book is there to keep you from everything that these people trap you with the contract right the the the, the you know in Scotland amazingly they actually call attorneys devils <laughs> devil masters and if you look up the term deviling in black's law it is it is the uh, it's apprenticing a young devil or a young attorney who's not practicing it it's called deviling okay right. it's right there people used to be more afraid of attorneys than witches right <laughs> they'd burn attorneys so the law this system of law and the reason that religions societies were so based on the religious concept and and we're so wary of any any of the shit that we put up with today, right? You could not, I mean, it was law in Pennsylvania that you could not take the Lord's name in vain. You could not talk badly about Jesus Christ. Why could you not talk badly in Pennsylvania, of all places, about, about Christ? <sighs> because Jesus Christ, which translated means Jehovah is salvation in the concordances, okay? Jesus Christ is an allegorical character that represents logos or the law of nature, the law of the universe, the law of God, okay, the law of existence, right? So you will not be allowed to openly, you know, sh you know uh, uh, insult and and talk shit about this, even though it's an it's, it's a, an imaginary character. It represents the foundation of the whole system of law. And so any type of that kind of behavior was outlawed. Now today we consider that to be barbaric and you know, ridiculous and oh, those crazy fundamentalists, but no, they were protecting their system. They were protecting their system of law that allowed them to have the freedoms they had. Whereas today, look what we're allowing. Look what we're allowing in our society. Our, our, common law the basis the foundation of our common law is being spit upon and burned because we're so ignorant we're so dumbed down that we have no idea that that which will save us is is we're completely disrespecting it in every way it's amazing i mean when you think about it that way what do you think and then hollywood comes along and shows you you know these horrible horrible religious uh you know, the crusades and all this stuff, uh, completely overblowing everything. And, and and then you've got Mel Gibson's version of Christ. And he's, you know, there's 
more fake blood used in that movie than any other and right you got the whole yeah because the symbology always overcomes the reason the logic the the ability to say well wait a minute there's a reason for, for this story there's a reason for the character there's a reason that this book exists there's a reason it's the number one selling book there's a reason it's in every hotel it's in everybody's house there's a reason because it's your law it's accepted to be the law. The and government just like recognizes everything else. The they have corrupted. Right. Well, they've corrupted us. You don't need to corrupt it. You corrupt us. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, with all this said, is there any hope? Only if you face it. Only if you face it. Only if you act in truth. And by that, I mean. You become a man of God again. You become you become part of nature. You're, you're no longer a property of the state. You're no longer a property of the legal government. You're a property of God. You're a property of Jehovah, meaning you exist self-evidently. You don't need identity. You don't need a number. You don't need a name. You don't need anything because all of that belongs to the legal realm. And if you use that stuff, then you're no longer in truth. The truth will set you free. Now, Am I going to sit here and tell you that there's some magical, mystical land of freedom that you can go to? It's like Candyland, but for 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 God-fearing men? No, no. In fact, what does the Bible say? It says, you know, those who seek such things will be persecuted. You know, you, you you're going to be always going to be persecuted for trying to be free because everybody that's stuck in the Matrix, just like they portray in the Matrix. Is, is is your potential enemy it's your look at look at how we're treating each other right now with these masks and these vaccines a spy on oh you haven't been vaccinated right so so you're always again you're always going to be in a state of choice you're always going to be on guard you're always going to be and most importantly you have no insurance there's no security god is your security i mean the truth is your security because you can't be put into these institutional things uh, because you're not acting in uh, under, you know, I'll just put it to you this way. Section 1981, Title 42, Section 1981 of U.S. Code says you have the right to be put in pain, punished, taxed, licensed, and extorted or exacted from. So those are the rights of being a citizen of the United States. Let me say that again. You have the right to be put in pain punished, taxed, licensed, and extorted from. Those are the rights of U.S. citizens. Now, are those the rights of a, of a man of God? No, absolutely not. It's your right as a free man to not be subject to that, but we give up our God-given or natural rights and accept the rights of right. the state. You see, that's the problem because those are the rights that are attached to the person. And that's what the U.S. Code says. Persons are citizens of the United States. Well, th these are things that, that don't exist in nature, right? So the farther we go from nature and its law, and, and God and nature are interchangeable terms, Jehovah and nature, the nature of the universe, right? The, it, it's not blasphemous. It's, not any, it's the meaning of the term. What is self-existent and self-evident? Meaning I need no proof of man to show, to, to say that I exist. I need no proofs other than my actual existence right here. You know, if I could, I'd reach out and slap you. So, you know, I exist. 
right? I don't need a title, a legal fiction to prove my existence. I'm self-existence. That's the definition of Jehovah, self-existence. We're all part of it. Uh, the Bible is clear that God is, you know, you are God and God is you. We're all part of it. We're not the whole, right? That's what a psychopath would think. We're part, right? So, you know, all of this stuff, again, I, I'm not, I can't, you know, even the Bible says, you know, tells you you're going to be persecuted. You might be killed. Yeah, because most of us own there. homes that we don't own homes. We own homes that are owned <laughs> yeah, by the yeah. banks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. anything slaves like, can't own property. Anything less than going out into the middle of the ever-shrinking lands that are available and building your own log cabin. Well, I, I don't even think that is necessarily um, there again. All right, so here's a perfect example. We're talking about the how the new age destroys any any reasonable, you know, and that the atheism and the and the right. Well, now you have people who are afraid of of going back to nature and its law you're you're afraid of that which actually sustains you you'd rather be in a simulation in the matrix plugged into the matrix than actually go out into the forest and exist maybe it's just talk about a mind screw maybe huh? yeah, exactly uh maybe it's just getting more and more and more information out like this where the comparison can be more easily made by the public. Oh, God damn it. I just called them the public. By us as the people. Well, we are. You know, <laughs> to, to kind of see this for what it is, maybe. And maybe it'll start looking a lot more attractive than this system. I think it's a matter of, of not identifying yourself as anything. Like, I'm not the people. <laughs> Nothing... I mean, what is that? I mean, just, just so you understand, the people is not all people. It can't be. Otherwise, everybody would be part of the people. The people is capitalized, just like everything in the Constitution. It, it has a specific meaning. And it meant the bloodlines of, of you know, Washington was the highest decorated Masonic uh, figure in uh, his, 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 there's a whole Washington Masonic Museum in Washington, D.C., uh, 50, uh, I can't remember how many there were, but I think there were two founding fathers that weren't Freemasons, right? And all of them are related, uh, in other words, in line of succession to the crown. They're all part of the genealogy of the, 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 the English and, and European royals. And from Washington all the way down to Obama to Trump to you know, Clinton and Trump are actually uh, from the same line. They're from the same great-grandmother. Yeah, and a lot of people scoff at that. You're but... talking about a lineage of people who are, are – they're not even like – like Bush and – Bush, uh, Bush and who he ran against. I can't think of his name right now. John Kerry. John Kerry. You look at their genealogy. They're ninth cousins, but uh, – like once removed. Oh, but that's but so look far their, off, Clint. Yeah, but you look at their genealogy, they're, they're direct descendants, meaning they're not cousins. They're direct descendants of Lad the Impaler and all the royals up until now. So, and they're equal. I mean, it's equal. Like, like one's 38th, 38th in line, one's 39th. And it just goes, you know, it's amazing to look at the genealogy. And people will say, oh, well, go oh, it's the United States. We don't have that here. Of course you do. You don't have it in United States, Washington, D.C. 
what you have are the 50 states, the 50 private people who were the people, the original people and their offspring. What is the... What does the Constitution say? What does the preamble of the Constitution say? We're creating this thing, this compact for ourselves and our posterity. Hmm. Who signed it? Did you sign it? Did your forefathers sign that document? Wow. We're creating this for ourselves. Well, wait a minute. Is that everybody on earth? No, of course not. Because we capitalized the word people. We are the people who signed the freaking document. We are the states. So it should say we are the states because that's basically the family that, that runs each state. See guys, it's hard because every, you know, the private lands of the states are owned by people. Right. Right. Whereas the public parts, they might be owned by people too, but they're rented out to, and they're, and you know, tributes are paid to them. And there's, there's a whole thing going on here that we don't realize. Um, did you ever see uh, some of the movies? I remember there's a Patrick Swayze movie where there was a local landowner that was, you know, there's all kinds of movies from the 70s and 80s that, and, and Westerns especially, that show the landholders, right? The people who, you know, Ted Turner with it, that owns Montana. Right, right. right those yeah. are private lands. Those aren't public. He's part of the people. Those are, those are private. You can't go there. There is no U.S. There is no U.S. code on private land, so you, as a U.S. citizen, are not allowed on private land, which is is the state. You cannot go anywhere that's private because where's private is the actual state. All the other lands are public, and they're designated for we the public, we the citizens of the United States, not we the people. So just to make it clear for anyone in the audience about like they would say, well, my house is private land. Is it not? <laughs> is my property private land? I, I think they would jump to that immediately and it's Yeah, just go get your go get your well first of all a mortgage is a dead pledge. <laughs> a mortgage is a term, an ancient term that means dead pledge so dead you know, pledge you're, you're you're pledging your fealty basically um Jeez. And, and then you're listed as a tenant go get your go get your contract you're a tenant if you don't know the difference between a master and a tenant you know i can't help you these are the things you're gonna have to start learning and this is why i wrote the book and why i continue to do what i'm doing because i can't stand this anymore i can't stand watching as people are again plugged into this thing without even knowing it i just can't uh, i cross the point where i can just sit back and watch it you know i just uh. that's kind of how i felt starting this podcast too just i mean i i knew that i couldn't say it all i just needed to try to interact with people that could put their piece of the puzzle into this because that's what we need to do now i mean it's we've been talking i've been saying this on the podcast that we've just been spinning our wheels for so long with whatever you want to call this broader community of seekers of the truth, uh, whatever people that are trying to get to the bottom of all this stuff. It's people that have retained their spirituality and are starting to recognize that everything around them is designed as a chain for their spirituality. That is everything around them is, is designed to take away their moral choice and their moral ability. And you start to feel that more and more as we get closer to this, what, what, what they call the new world order. Right. 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 Great. Now, now, 
Let's talk about the New World Order. Sure. What does the world mean? In the Bible, the world means secular, not spiritual. So what is New World Order? It's the transfer of power from the church to the secular, from the religious to the secular, the total the total abandonment of all moral and spiritual and ethical practice into the new secular order, an order that abandons God and its law. That is what we're talking about. We're just, this term new world order, oh, we throw it's it around. Very political, go, it seems. It's, yeah. it's, very, it's very popular. Maybe, again, I'll make me my t shirt of it, maybe put it on my hat, little symbol, and I'll put it in my rap songs. But what you're really <laughs> talking about is this transfer of authority and power to a completely United Nations secular world. And some people would probably, you know, we're so trained to be satanic, which means anti-nature, anti-truth. We're so entrained to accept personhood and patriotism that some people would say, hey, that's great. Separation of church and state. Right. That was young me. And unfortunately, I see a lot of the people, my counterparts, still in that mindset and haven't left and haven't like come back around the spiral to see it again for what it was. And it's it's very disheartening. Well, that's why that's why the Bible instructs you to take no other doctrine. Doctrine means law. So take no other doctrine, right? You got all these different things going on out there. It says read the Bible every day because if you don't as we have if you don't read the Bible every day, you're not going to be reminded of all the things that you're doing that are opposed to God or opposed to truth, opposed to nature, opposed to whatever word you're comfortable with, because they all mean the same thing, right? You're, you're going to be constantly reminded of why you're not free, why you're not acting as a spiritual being. And see, that's what's happening right now, I think more than ever, is people are waking up to... The fact that they're not spiritual, that, that we're not acting according to our moral compass, that we're not allowed to, that you can't make a choice, that you don't have power and you don't have property. This is why you pay taxes on everything. You use something, you rent something, you pay a tax or they can tax anything because you don't own anything. Everything that's in that's got a, a name or a title that's in the legal realm is property of government. That's, you know, so you don't own your children. You don't own at least the legal version of your children. You don't own the money in your wallet or in your pocket. You don't own that change that's in, your, in the jar just sitting there waiting to be turned into the coin star. You don't own anything. And we're starting to understand that there is no freedom without some sense of shared value in like, you know, I don't want to say property because I think property is the root, one of the roots of all evil, but, but the idea of being responsible landholder, never doing harm to anyone downstream or downwind, right? Never, you know, 
responsible landholding is a, is something I think everybody can relate to. But it can't. When you're talking about that, you're going back to the spiritual. You're going back to the moral. You're going back to, I will not harm anybody with something I do, and that can't, that's not legal. That that that's complete. See, the legal law only applies to evil. It doesn't. You can't. You can't use legal system to force people to be moral. It doesn't. That's not how it works. That's what the moral law is there for: is to stop you from acting legally. Right? We don't know this, though. We don't. We, we're not taught well, this. Now we're getting taught this. Now it's starting to finally happen. I hope so. <laughs> I'm tempted to, to print out a million copies of the straw, straw man and start handing them out everywhere. You know what I mean? No, feel free because, geez, you know, I, there's no other way. I, that's why I give it out for free because it's, it's like, it doesn't mean no good to have done all this research and attained the, the wisdom, I guess you could say. If there's no one else out there, you know, that, that can have a mutual you know, I don't know what the proper term is now with all this communitarian crap that's going on, and communism and this and that ism. But to have a to have a community of people that kind of like the states, you know, the states, the people, we the people, we're going to protect each other. We're going to, well, we the states are going to protect. It. Well, you need other people. You can't you can't do this alone. And so that's why, you know, I'm constantly if I get the chance um, talking to people about it, going on these shows and writing and doing all this. So I really appreciate you coming on to, to talk to me and my audience about all this stuff. You're welcome back anytime to share more rabbit hole craziness. Actually, well, I shouldn't even say rabbit hole craziness. I mean, this is just literally reading it as it is. Well, what I realized, you know, if you actually take the, if you take that, comparison or that allegory what you end up realizing and what the whole problem is is that we're always we're always looking to go down the rabbit hole right yeah and at some point that will switch in your mind and you realize i'm in the i was born in the rabbit hole and i need i need to start looking up to get out for the exit i'm in the rabbit hole i'm in wonderland i'm in the legal craziness right i'm in the i need to get out i don't want to find anymore i want to get the hell out of it and i think that's part of the mentality is that you know what are you searching for well you're searching for if you're if you're a spiritual man you know you're searching for truth and the truth is never going to be down a rabbit hole the truth is out there beyond you know all this stuff that keeps us in the fictional realm and if we can't distinguish the difference which most of us can't i certainly couldn't for my whole life i can't just i can't again what was the first thing we talked about is how do you tell people this how do you put it into words when you can't see it taste it and touch it right well clint it's been real man tell my people how how they can find you Let's see, strawmanstory.info. You can download the book for free, or I have copies. I just ask for donations. Um, and realityblogger.wordpress.com is my blog. About 11 years of stuff up there, including two other books that I didn't publish. Um, 
the print and then all my documentaries and everything are up there and then i have two two youtube channels one is my old stuff my first documentary was the corporation nation which is a good primer for understanding how everything's a corporation and the corporation the definition of incorporation is basically to take away your spirit because <clears throat> you're now you're under a strict law of the corporate structure all right so uh red pill sunday school is my current youtube channel and then it's also on BitChute. and red pill sunday school was a radio show i did for a couple of years and then uh, the corporation nation uh, channel on youtube is there and other than that if you really want to go deep <laughs> um I did uh, two and a half years of radio on Republic Broadcasting where I was the host. Oh, wow. And all my other radio shows from way back when, uh, since about 2010. Um, Corporation Nation Radio Archives <laughs> dot WordPress.com. That's about it. Cool, man. Really appreciate it. Awesome talk. Yeah, let me, uh, let me know and I'll... I'll put this up on my site and promote it absolutely thank you so much absolutely appreciate it thanks for listening to this episode of the deep share podcast if you want to hear more then hit that subscribe button follow me on all the social places and remember think for yourself but don't always believe what you think till next time Human sacrifice, dogs and cats swimming together, that's Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>